Hello and welcome to another episode of the Utility Man Podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Zachi, and I'm back again for another episode talking about more baseball with the NL East getting closer with the Mets, Phillies, and Braves all vying for a division title. We'll talk about that and the NASCAR Cup Series from Watkins Glen, New York with special guest Brett Kelly later in the show. But first, we will be discussing the big Luka Doncic contract extension for five years and $207 million. We'll also be discussing some of the other free agent signings that happened since I last recorded. And let's get started. So before we get Brett Kelly in here, we have to talk about the big Luka Doncic extension that just broke yesterday. Uh, five years, $207 million for Doncic, who I believe is one of the best young players in the game. And I believe this is a great move for the Dallas Mavericks, knowing that just realizing that this kid is really special and could lead them to a championship if they build around him. It's great for the NBA, keeping one of their best young players in um, in the city he was drafted. I think that's uh, appealing to young players. And he's the face of the league for the next few years. I think it's a great move. He got the money. Team got the player. Everyone wins here. Uh, I won't talk about anything in really this segment today because we're going to talk about all with Brett in later, later on in a few minutes. But... First of all, I'd like to say, um, sorry guys for not posting an episode on Sunday. I was coming home from vacation, so that's probably why there was no episode on Sunday. So, I mean, all I'm here to cover is the Doncic extension, and there's not really much to say about that. I love Doncic. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Absolutely electric. And, um, great move for the league and the Mavericks, who could be a force in the Western Conference to contend with the best of them for the years to come. Let's get Brett Kelly in here, and we can talk about the rest of the sports news from the last few days. So, we now welcome to the show, for the first time, good friend, statistician, Brett Kelly. Brett, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty good? Okay, so we will start with talking about NASCAR Cup Series racing at Watkins Glen. Um, I know you didn't watch the race, but I told you a little bit about it. Hmm. Eh. That's all I can say. Meh, meh, meh. What do you have to say on some of the events that took down? We'll start with Bell and Larson tangling in turn one. I mean, Bell, I I don't consider him one of the better cars in the field. Larson, though. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's he's good every week. Bell, he's really uh, surprised me with road, his road course racing. I mean, he wins at Daytona, me, me second me at too. Road America. And uh, he was probably going to go for a top five this weekend, but I think he came back to finish seventh, I believe. So, still a decent run for him, but I think I think he would have been a top five car if that not happened to him. Same, same. Just because of how he's performed in the past at road courses, this year has been pretty good for him at the road courses. So mm-hmm. real pickup in his um second Cup Series season. Uh, it's good that he's probably stayed with the uh, stay. I think he stayed with most of his team from last year at Levine Family Racing, which closed down after this year. The ninety five car. But uh, now going to Gibbs, I mean, there's a significant improvement in uh, equipment there. They're all they're all they're all good at road courses. So, uh, and if it does mean anything, Larson did apologize to Bell as soon as he got out of the race car interviewed by NBC. So, now we'll move on to um, oh I forgot to talk about the Penske cars. Bad day for Penske. Terrible. Uh, Brad Keselowski leading the race, uh, wipes out going into. But um, yeah, he goes into uh, to I believe the final corner and wipes out coming off the carousel and uh 
Logano is second. He he ends up getting hit by another Keselowski spin earlier. Uh, I think Brad had some brake issues in that two car, and um, Blaney spun out in the bus stop. A couple spins for him. A really bad day for Penske. What do you have to say about that? I mean, Penske has been running top all year. They're they're a good team. Um, I wouldn't think that a whole organization could just, like, shut down like that all in one race. Well, I mean, Stuart Haas has. <laughs> they found a way to do it at the beginning of the year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you're right on that one. But still, I wouldn't think that a really good organization like that, one of the, one of the big three, I consider them the big three in NASCAR. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Gibbs, Hendrick, and uh, Penske all all uh, sporting all three manufacturers could just, like, break down like that, but it, it happened. I, I would have to agree. I think Penske was running really, really good before the, um, before the Olympic break. I think, um, I think they were all top ten at New Hampshire. That could be because th- uh, all three Toyotas wrecked, <laughs> but um, I don't know. They're, they, they, they seem to be on a little bit of momentum, and then just a really bad race at Watkins Glen sent them back. So, um... That's pretty much all I got. Larson winning again doesn't really change the points too much. I think uh, Tyler Reddick is now the last driver at the cut line. 15 points over Austin Dillon. Who do you think makes it there? I mean, I don't really know. I, I'm liking Austin Dillon. I, mm. I like Austin I, Dillon. I think Austin Dillon definitely has the advantage at Daytona coming into the last race. I mean, yeah. if you can, if he, you can he, run up there and get some stage points and finish a few spots ahead of Reddick, that's nothing, really. He's run really good at Daytona in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, I think he was second there in the 500 this spring, and um, Reddick has not been able to finish plate races. I think he's, I think he, he definitely, he crashed at Daytona last year. I know that well as a Kyle Busch fan, the failed slide job <laughs> in that, that night race. He wrecked in last year's Talladega. I don't know about the Daytona 500. I can't remember that, but... A, um, I don't know. I think he has the advantage here. Reddick definitely has the advantage on road courses. He's been really strong on road courses. And, uh, I don't know. Kevin Harvick also, 15th in points. 92 to the good. I think he's safe. Unless he has a major screw-up or two, I think he's safe. He's performed but, really well at Michigan, too. True. Michigan, he, three in a row, three wins in a row at Michigan. Right. I, if he's ever, so. if he's gonna get a win, I think it's gonna be there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I, you could not see coming that Harvick was gonna be this bad this year. Right. Well, not really. I mean, he hasn't even been bad. I mean, look at Rick Ware. Would love to have the season Kevin Harvick's having. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, for most drivers, a top 20, because there are, like, 40 cars in the field, top 20 is good. It means you're better than average. Kevin Harvick has performed far better than average for the brunt of his career. So, yeah, I would I mean, he's been one of the top drivers in the NASCAR for almost 20 years now. Yeah. But... Uh, I just couldn't have seen this season coming after nine wins last year. I He was in my preseason championship four picks. So, definitely a shocker there. Uh, Indy Road Course this weekend. What are your expectations? Um, I'm expecting... I I don't know if Larson can pull it off again. I, I don't know. I think... He's turning into quite the road course racer. You're right, you're right. But I don't know if he can pull it off again. If Chase Elliott can get anything higher than, like, 15th in qualifying, he, I, I think I, I'm liking Chase Elliott here just for obvious reasons. That's true. Um, who else? Um, I think I, I, would, I, do, I would like the Gibbs camp here. Um, 
Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Busch, the top two there. I think Chase Briscoe is my sleeper pick this week. Won the Xfinity Series race there last year, the first time we ever ran there. Um, I think he, he's my smart pick for this weekend. There's guys who's run, who've run strong on road courses like Ross Chastain. But uh, I don't know if they'll be up there for the win. It's more of a, a wild card because of the track we've never been to before. So, and also, hard to predict it. Another stat is if Chase Elliott would win at the Indy Road Course, it would be his sixth win in the last eight road course races. In his last eight road course races. That is run. true. And you know who's won the other two? Kyle Larson. But uh, if, it's, if it's worth pointing out, Kyle Larson has two road course wins this year at Watkins Glen and Sonoma. Those are the only two road courses he's ran before in his career that, that he's had experience on. And this is a new road course where no one's ever had laps on. I don't know if that pattern would continue, but it's an interesting to think that he's one of the two road courses he's ran in in Ganassi cars. So I don't know about that. Um, one last NASCAR thing before we move on to baseball. What is your take on Ross Chastain going to track house for 2022? Um, I mean, I, I, if I had a, if I had to take a guess, I think I, I like the move. I think Ross Chastain can win a race if he's in the right spot with the right equipment. And I think Justin Marks is a good owner for him with Pitbull and some other guys there. Um, I don't know if he'll have the cards to win though, coming I, in the next few years. I don't, I have, I don't know how they're going to beat Gibbs and Hendrick. Yeah. If they take the Ganassi equipment, though, that they've had this year, Ganassi has had some winning cars this year. I mean, look at Kurt Busch at Atlanta. Right. I, I, was, at a, I was at a loss there because I didn't think they were going to be extremely, extremely good. But I didn't think – I thought they were going to be at least a top maybe like 15, 20 car at least. But I didn't think they were going to be less than like 25 and that's right in that mediocre zone. I, 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 I just couldn't think of anything right there. Yeah. Had a brain fart. I, um, track has been, has been better than expected this year. I think they've been better than 23XI for most of the year. But um, I do, there's, a, there's more chances for, um, for Bubba Wallace to win a race here. I think he's another good, smart pick for Daytona at the end of the regular season. If he can uh, win his way in, that would be interesting. Because he's... Um, been very good at Daytona in his career, but more on that as it comes. Now on to baseball. Uh, the NL East tightening up. The um, the Mets, the Braves, and the Phillies all within a few games of each other since I last recorded. What um, who first of all, who do you think wins that division? The Braves, no question for me. If 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 you dig down into the just stats, and if you dig down into all the injuries they've had, um, they've lost Acuna. Marcelo Zuna. They've lost Ozuna. Uh, Mike Soroka, I believe. Also, Mike Soroka. And they have, the, that team has the best um, run differential in that division. So, I believe that they're going to be able to pull it out in that in that division, maybe go on. I don't think they're going to make it past the NLCS, maybe win the NLDS. I don't know. It depends on their season. I have trouble seeing how the Braves would get past the Dodgers or Giants team. I really struggle with that because I don't think their pitching is good enough. If you're going into the postseason with an ace as a shaky Ian Anderson or a Charlie Morton, 
I don't know. I mean, Charlie Morton's been better than I expected. I thought he would take a step back this year, but no, he's been actually very, very good. Uh, Austin Riley, as well for yeah. the Braves. Yeah. Huge breakout season. He was terrible last season. He was very, very bad, and now he's been really good. So I don't, um, I didn't see that coming, and uh, they, they traded for a bunch of outfield help at the deadline with Jorge Soler, uh, Adam Duvall, and Eddie Rosario. Right. Uh, Eddie Rosario is currently on the injured list. He came over from my Cleveland Indians, so I do know that. But yep. Jorge Soler has been biting the world on fire. Mm-hmm. Remember, this is the guy who had 50 home runs a few years ago. Right. It was either 40 or 50. I think it was, like, I think it was 50, but I don't, don't, uh, don't quote me on that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure about the Braves. I don't think they'll win the division, though. My pick's the Mets. I, I think when the Mets get, uh, get Syndergaard and the Grom back, I think they're going to be able to pull it out just with the, just with the sheer pitching. Because if you look at the Phillies, too, their pitching is not good either. Like, when it could when well, their starting pitching is very good. Aaron right. Nola, Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler is going to pro- might win the Cy Young. Yeah. Unless DeGrom gets back for, like, 10 stars, which I doubt he will. But, um, I, but their relief pitching has just been terrible. I mean, they got, Ian, they got Ian Kennedy at the deadline along with Kyle Gibson, a starting pitcher. But I don't think their bullpen is good enough to win in the, um, in September and October into the playoffs. I really yeah. I, I doubt their bullpen. Uh, no. I don't, I don't think so either. And um about When though, your two best bullpen pitchers are Ian Kennedy and uh Jose Alvarado, you know you got issues. Sorry yeah. to cut you off there, but So about those Phillies and Braves teams, they have three pitchers that strike out more than 10 batters per 9 innings with Aaron Nola Zach Wheeler and Chuck Morton. Hmm. Well, Aaron Nola, another good, another comeback story. His his um his season last year was not very good. After being at a Cy Young level in two thousand nineteen, he's had a really nice comeback year. And Zach Wheeler, their free agent acquisition from the New York Mets a few years ago. But um, I there's also the injuries are going to be a huge part of deciding who gets this division, because if um because the the Braves have lost Acuna and Marcelo Zuna, and a bunch of other key guys to injuries who won't be coming back this year. I don't know if Uzuna will come back, but I know Soroka and uh, Acuna are done for the year. They're not coming back until next year. And but the, then the Mets, uh, Francisco Lindor, oblique injury, might not. Uh, I think he's coming back in a few weeks. DeGrom, Syndergaard, a few electric starting pitchers. I mean. Some of the harder throwers in the big leagues. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I'm heard from my dad some reports um batters say that i mean degrom's throwing 102 degrom's throwing 102 and batters say that it looks like 104 just because of the spin he puts on it it looks like it kicks into another gear as it reaches home plate with a with a um with a hard slider too which is basically impossible to hit I, i believe it um a good stat on that slider. I think it's the it has the um the lowest uh a, a batting average against on any pitch this season, Jacob Degrom slider in the plate appearances against it, which is not hard to believe because if you pair a one oh two fastball with a slider that is hard breaking and ten mile an hour slower, it's gonna be hard to hit. Right. Um, you got anything else on the um on some stats in this division? Yes, actually. So why am I not surprised? <laughs> So, the this division has 
three players with an OPS over 925, which is somewhat decent. I mean, not that bad. It's probably about average. Five batters with a batting average over 290. To put that into perspective, the NL West <coughs> with the Dodgers and the Padres. And the Giants. And the Giants only have three batters with a batting average over wow, 290. I would not have seen that coming. No, you, you wouldn't. I mean, just think of that. That's a star-studded division. Right. The Tatis, Machado, um, I mean, Turner, Bellinger, Muncie. There's a ton of those guys. Um, the other thing about the NL East has going for them that it has a couple of the top, um, top, top on-base getters right. in the league. Right. Juan Soto, Bryce Harper. Um, and Juan Soto... At- is leading is leading the league the NL in um K to walk ratio by 300 points wow he's at 1. 1.2 1. no 1.197 and to put that into perspective Bryce Harper is at point Six six seven. Bryce Harp and Bryce Harper is still one of the best people at getting on base. I mean he he gets walked a ton, draws a lot of walks, hits for power. But um if you look at Bryce Harper this year, he might win MVP in mm-hmm. the NL, but he barely even has any RBIs because the rest of that Phillies lineup, except for maybe Reese Hoskins, has not been very good. I mean Didi Gregorius mm-hmm. had a bad year, Alec Baum has not been good, Andrew McCutcheon's been yeah, he's been okay. Um who else? I mean, they, they're starting, like, Ronald Torres at second base. I, I don't... The rest of the lineup, other than Harper and Hoskins, has not been very good for the Phillies. Yeah. But Harper's been excellent, so... Mm-hmm. And uh, the Nationals, the only thing worth talking about, really, is Juan Soto, because they blew everything up at the deadline, trading their two of their, two of their best players to the Los Angeles Dodgers. And um, they, are, they are out of it now, so... But the, Juan Soto is still a very interesting player to talk about. Um, any last notes on the NL East before we let you go? So, the NL East has the least amount of people with a sub-3 ERA in all of baseball with two. With Zach Wheeler and Stroman, Marcus Stroman. Uh, I don't know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have seen Stroman coming. I, I, I did see him pitch in person. You were, you, you and me were, were both there with a couple yep, of friends yep. to see him pitch in, uh, Pittsburgh a few weeks ago. Uh, and one really weird, like, really weird stat. The Braves are the southernmost team to have the best run differential and not be winning their division. Huh. Which, it's extremely weird, but all it means is they have the best run differential in the NL East and are not winning the NL East. Um, the Dodgers are in the same position, but they're farther north than them, which, which supports my case. Hmm. Wow. That's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it'd be really fun to watch that battle go down the stretch. I think the Phillies are currently leading that division. The Mets are have fallen back in the last few weeks with all the injuries they have. Right. But it'll be fun to watch down the stretch. Brett, thanks for coming on and talking some sports with me. Glad yep. to do it again in the future here.